We have all this stuff stored in our subtle bodies. All the pain, all the betrayals, all the times we've been hurt, all the times we've been angry, all the times we've been, all our life experiences, uh, especially the painful ones, uh, cause suffering to us. They, we carry them with us. They're stored in our, in our, uh, you could say, emotional body. So the practice of the Hanuman Chalisa can remove those seeds of suffering from our subtle bodies. And in so doing, it changes the future. It changes what was going to happen based on what we were carrying around with us. Welcome to the Krishna Das Pilgrim Heart Hour. In this podcast, Krishna Das shares his warm-hearted and down-to-earth path to the divine. If you are interested in supporting Krishna Das's podcast, please go to beherenownetwork.com/kd. Oh, 
I don't remember Saraswati. I'm trying to remember it. what happens. Oh, I Saraswati. Namaha 
Saraswata Namaha
Krishnadas, I'm feeling hopeless. I know I can't understand why things are the way they are, but I feel so sad and can't cope with reality. How do we keep moving forward when our spirit is heavy? I know people all over the world are facing much worse circumstances than I, but I don't know how to make that perspective diffuse my feelings. <clears throat> well, you, you can't... Um, Sadness and grief and worry, anxiety, fear are all very reasonable feelings to be having at this time. In the sense that there's a lot of things going on in the world that seem worse than usual. <clears throat> but uh, you don't, you can't use something to to diffuse your feelings. We have to honor our feelings. And we have to, uh, I'll forget have to, okay, I won't have to. But it's possible to honor our, all of our feelings, even the heavy negative feelings, and not allow them to destroy us. It's not something that we're used to doing, but there's a practice called the handshake practice. And uh, one of my Tibetan teachers, lamas, teaches this practice. And so let's say you're watching the news and you begin to panic. So at that moment, when you begin to panic or anxiety increases, you, you're aware of that, that it's happening. And then usually it just, it just completes getting more and more and you just get lost in it. But in that first moment, in those first moments when you're aware that this feeling is arising in you, you have an opportunity to, to greet it. Like saying, oh, hi. Hi, oh, you're coming back to screw me up, to fuck me up. Terrific. Well, come on in. Here. Have a cup of tea? What kind of tea do you like? Would you like coffee? I can make you an espresso. And the point is, you greet the feeling. You meet the feeling. Now, this doesn't solve the problems in the world. That will come, hopefully, with, with the efforts that we make in the world. But right now we're talking about our internal worlds, which is where our so much suffering is. So we're afraid of our feelings. And so we're afraid of them and we try to push them away. And of course that, that doesn't work. <clears throat> so there is this practice of recognizing what's, what's happening. And engaging with it, saying, hi, how are you? It, offering your hand, hi, how you doing? You know, and it immediately separates you from the feeling. Now, maybe the feeling continues to come like a big dark cloud and you get depressed and anxious and panic and all that stuff. But with practice, this 
This greeting the feeling is a way of recognizing that we are not our feelings and that we are not necessarily, we don't necessarily have to be to be made suffer, to suffer by our feelings. The sky does not suffer when the clouds go through it. They just, it allows the clouds to come, it allows the clouds to go. Ultimately, we will be able to do that with our thoughts and our emotions. But you have to start somewhere. That's why chanting practice is so powerful. We, we sing, and when you notice that you haven't been paying attention, and otherwise you've been caught by something, maybe it's just something lightweight, like thinking about the future. But when you notice it, you let go. Now, and you come back to the chanting. And while you're chanting, you might notice that you're starting to go into a thought. And at that moment, you can recognize it and just release it. So this is how we practice. And the practice gives us a sense of, uh, it gives us inner strength to to let go of the feelings and not be consumed by them. So that's one way of working with things. And it's not so easy, but it's it's not very complicated. It just takes practice and awareness. If you try to, talk yourself out of a feeling, it, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. You say you want to diffuse the feelings. You want to free yourself from the negativity. You can't, if you try to push that feeling away with another feeling or a happier feeling or you try to manipulate your emotions, you know, in the long run, that doesn't work. What we want to do is develop habits of dealing with our negative stuff, our painful stuff, that will grow stronger and stronger and stronger as time goes on. We don't want to just sidestep everything and let it all pile up and then wham, it it knocks us down. So you, you are aware of the feeling as it's arising because you're feeling it. But what happens is usually it's so immediate that we just get consumed by it. But little by little, if we pay attention and practice greeting the feeling, noticing it, oh, you're back again, thanks, I hate you, why don't you go away? You'll see that's not going to work either. Oh, you're back again, all right, come on in. What can you do? What harm can you do? Here, have a cup of tea. So, because the feelings are feelings. They come and they go. So one comes, it'll go eventually. But we hold on to those feelings and we allow them to just, you know, control us and push us around. So between chanting practice and learning different techniques like this handshake practice, you really can change the way you go through the day and then you're more available to make positive change in the world. You're more available. Your heart's not afraid. You're not afraid to step out and help people and do positive things. Uh, It's something that comes. 
<laughs> Sometimes I'm in debate with myself. Do I feel like fiddling while Rome is burning, just chanting, when I could be a full-time activist about climate change and other issues, finding a balance and other issues, or finding a balance in between? Well, you should find the, finding a balance in between actively being engaged in the world and actively being engaged with your inner world is a good thing. If you have a, if there's a balance there, you're not neglecting either one. I think that's what you're asking me. I don't know. And as far as fiddling while Rome is burning, um, Rome burnt down a long time ago. We're just trying to clean up the mess here. And if we can't deal with our negative emotions, if we can't deal with the things that cause us suffering within us, what can we really do in the world? We will not accomplish what we want to accomplish. It's very difficult if you're angry to create peace. It ain't going to happen. Kill for peace. You've seen that. People will kill you if you don't believe what they want, what, what you believe, that they believe about peace and this and that. People will just push you, you know. And that anger creates more suffering, always. So all these powerful negative emotions just create more suffering. If we don't learn, if we don't find a way to coexist with them and allow them to go and not allow them to push us around, what can we expect from other people and other people who don't know about spiritual practice? And there's also the practice of putting yourself in the place of someone who is suffering. When, you know, when we start to do practice and we see how difficult it is, to calm our asses down. And we, we see other people who don't know anything about practice, who haven't been exposed to this, haven't run across it in their lives. And we see how hard it is for us who've been doing this for 30, 40, 50 years. We see compassion automatically arises. We go like, whoa, if it's so hard for me, how hard must it be for people who don't have enough food, who don't have enough shelter, who don't have the things they need in life to be happy and to overcome negative situations? So that, that creates a tremendous amount of, of compassion and, and, and loving kindness, metta. And it breaks down the barriers of separateness. And the less separate we feel from other beings, the more we naturally want to help them. And if we have that desire to help, we will find a way to help. But if you are dying of thirst, you have no water to give anybody else either. So we have to find the balance. I think that's part of what you were asking. <clears throat> um, 
Uh, somebody's asking about, um, he has a brother who's been struggling with drug addiction for 15 years. And he wants to know how he can be compassionate without being taken advantage of. Sometimes you just have to say no. I was in a situation once with a person who had serious drug addiction problems. And I'd been trying to get that person to clean up for a long time. Trying everything I knew. Offered to pay for rehab, etc., etc., etc. And finally, one day they called me and uh, immediately in the voice, I heard that they were, they were stoned on heroin. <clears throat> I got furious. And I said, you know what you are? And there was a silence. And then the person said, what? I said, you're a fucking slime bag junkie and you should die in the street with your slime bag junkie friends. And I hung up. And next day, they were in rehab. It wasn't a plan. I lost it. But I had, I had, I had shown that person they weren't going to manipulate me anymore. I had enough. It's up to you now. You screwed around with me for years, taking advantage of me, taking advantage of me helping you. No more. Next day they were in rehab. So, you have to you have to build healthy boundaries <laughs> you know i hate the shit i say these days i never would have thought i would have talked like this but we need that to create healthy boundaries healthy for us and healthy for others uh i don't know if your brother is actively taking advantage of you if you're in contact with with him uh, on a daily basis, on a regular basis at all. But addicts will do anything they can to get more of the substance they're addicted to. That's, that's the deal. They don't care who they screw, who they manipulate, who they hurt. And they might not even be aware that they're doing that at the time. It's possible. It just happened to me recently with a friend. Hadn't seen that person in months and months and months. No talking, no nothing. Been going through all kinds of rehab and sinking again and back and forth. Finally, they came over. And in the conversation, found out they needed some money for something. I gave it to them. I haven't seen them since. And they sw the one time they sent me a text, oh, you know, uh, I'm definitely going to pay you back. Bullshit. They came here to rip me off. And I fell for it. Did that help them? I don't know. Did it help me? I don't know. Did it hurt me? Not really. But if I had been more aware, I could have looked at that person and said, you came here to scam me. Now you can leave and go scam somebody else. Bye. But I didn't. I wasn't. I got taken in. Call it idiot compassion. 
We don't want to be have idiot compassion. We want to have real compassion, which means sometimes you just have to say no. And all the other things you can do, like you say here, you can dedicate your your spiritual practices to to the to this person and to other people. You can pray for them. You can do practices for them. You can be available to them when they show up. But when they're here to, to hustle, you have to be aware of that. It's okay to say no. It really is. Because, because it is okay. You don't have to say it with anger. You just say it, no. And they'll hear that no. They'll hear where that's coming from. They'll feel where that's coming from. It may not help them in the long run or the short run, but it will help you. Many A few years ago, Snotham Corps arranged to do a recording of this beautiful uh, chant to the Ganga. We were all at Omega in the old days when people got together. And uh, we all sang our parts and everything, and they made a beautiful recording. And it's coming up soon, I think. So we're going to do an arti to the Ganga in Rishikesh at Swami Chidananda's ashram. and doing RT, and they're going to play, the, I think, the video and the song out loud, loud at that point. And we're all going to beam in and sing a little bit that, that, that day. So if you go to Snatham's Facebook page, you'll find all the information for that. She's wonderful. And um, yeah, I'm on it. Deva. Praman, Mitena on it, Manoz, others. It's a very nice chant, very nice chant of the Ganga. And there's a beautiful video that was made too, so. Will I seek Maharaji when I leave the body? I have no idea. I'm sure he'll be there, but I don't know what I'll be doing. I'll be kicking and screaming. I have no idea what I'm going to do at that point in my do I think he's in another form another form from what you mean another physical body could be he doesn't need a body to help us to do what he has to do unless we need that kind of help or others he might be in a body with others that we don't even know about I don't know that's his business and if he wants me to find out, he'll let me know, just like he did last time. <clears throat> What's the best way to help people? I don't know many people, but I have a strong desire to love and help people. I'm in a small town. Whenever you meet someone, treat them well. Treat other people the way you want to be treated. That's the best thing you could possibly do. And if you think that's easy, you'll find out. 
boy, this is a day about people hurting us and addicts and family and helping. This is interesting. A lot of these. Sometimes loved ones do something hurtful and we understand, absorb and keep quiet and keep moving and let it pass. This happens over and over again. The other person thinks we don't understand, but we do and let it go for love and compassion. Does it mean we are fooling ourselves? Um, you know, what do you mean? Are, does it mean we're fooling ourselves? You mean, is that real compassion not to, uh, not to confront the person with the, what they're, with, with what they're doing, hurt, the hurtful things they're doing? Maybe, maybe not. You have to take, it's a, you know, it's a moment to moment thing. You have to see, uh, why you would be with somebody who is constantly hurting you. You could talk to the person about it. It doesn't have to be a big, you know, I'm, I'm being compassionate. I'm, you know, I'm not saying anything. I just let it pass. You obviously haven't let it pass because it's very hard to do that. So you have a question about it, which means you haven't let it pass, which means it's still an issue. So if it's an issue, find a way to deal with it. If you can really let it go, fine. But obviously you, like all of us, we take things personally. And we might pretend we don't, but we do. We, we make a little check on the wall inside our heads. That person treat me like an asshole. And we have a lot of checks on that wall. Uh, it's hard to erase them. So communication is, is an interesting thing. You know, you can communicate. You don't have to be angry, but you'll probably find that there's a lot of emotion involved when you try to talk to this person who's doing these things. I'm not telling you to do that. I'm not advising you to do that. I'm just pointing out that that's a possibility. And is that real compassion by not uh, confronting them with, with the truth about what they're doing? Not if it's hurting you. If one has real compassion, one real, full, fully bloomed, fully developed compassion, one is not hurt by other people's actions. One doesn't take things personally. We're working on it, but part of working on things is communication too. So why not talk about it? And if you can't, find out why. That would be helpful. I don't have a problem helping others and being of service, but struggle with putting my needs aside to be helpful to others. How would I, how would you approach this? If you don't eat, you won't have the strength to help or to feed other people. There's a certain amount of self-care that's involved in staying alive. And 
and uh, I don't see why helping people is exclusive of, of taking care of yourself. I mean, I really don't see that. There's nothing wrong with satisfying your own desires, taking care of the self, yourself and what you need to do, and helping people also. There's, you have to find a balance, uh, something that makes sense to you. Why would you not take care of yourself? Why would, not, why would you not go after the things you want in life? And, and instead try to uh, get other people everything they need, but you, you have nothing that you need or you want. Saints can do that, but we're not saints. We have desires. We have all kinds of stuff that we need. We think we need, and we, we probably do. We're hungry. We have desires. We are hungry beings. There's nothing wrong with eating. You don't have to eat everything. You can eat a nice meal and share the rest of the meal with other people. But we do have to learn to take care of ourselves if, in a healthy way. Are those in the afterlife hanging out with us still? Uh, I was going to... This is the afterlife. We don't know what this is. Why would anybody go anywhere? Just because they're not in a body doesn't mean they've gone somewhere. It means the body's dropped. And because we identify with bodies, we think they're gone. They're just left this particular uh, vibrational level. That's what they say. I don't know personally, you know. I don't know personally whether that's true or not. But my friend Bob Thurman, he says there are no dead beings. Bodies come and go, but beings do not die. And I think that's very true. Whether they're hanging around, you know, watching TV over your shoulder, I doubt it. They got other things to do. <clears throat> People are asking me questions as if I might know the answer. Uh, to some of these, like, when the earth ends, where will, will, will these beings' karmic impressions dissolve? How would I know? I know one thing. I know how to sing to my guru. And I know that I have to clean my heart in order to be able to do that. And I know that cleaning my heart means learning to treat other people well, learning to treat myself well, learning to live in the world in a good way so my heart can be available for him and he is everywhere and he lives in all beings. So that's my, that's, that's who I am. I don't know anything about 
when the earth ends or when it begun or where it's going or where we're going. I don't have a clue. I'm just trying to do the best I can every day. What more can you do? And I don't ask why much anymore. If I ask anything, it's how. How can I deal with this? But why? That's way above my pay grade. And probably most people's. Does devotion come gradually or is it instantaneous like a lamp in a dark room? <clears throat> you know, what is devotion? I mean, that's the question here. What, what do you mean by when you say does devotion? You mean a, a loving attitude? Uh, or do you mean falling in love with a guru? or a guru in a body, you think that's devotion? And I'm not saying you do, but some people, you know, they fall in love with, with some so-called guru in a body, and they give everything to the guru, they love the guru, they're devoted to the guru, but they treat other people like shit. I don't think that's devotion. I think devotion is treating everyone as well as you can and ultimately developing a heart as wide as the world, that all beings have room to come in and enjoy. No one is a stranger. The great beings who have that real love They're always present for us. They're always, they're like, they're always available. How we open to those feelings is we clean our hearts. We clean the mirror of our hearts. I'm sorry, I got a cramp. We clean the mirror of our hearts. A mirror, when it has dust on it, does not reflect what comes in front of it. If you look into a mirror that's covered with dust, all you see is the dust. Or you see a distorted version of your face. This world is like a mirror. Or let's say that the mind is a mirror. The heart-mind, the consciousness but that mirror of our hearts is covered with dust. Anger, greed, shame, fear, selfishness, all that stuff, all that nasty stuff that creates suffering for us and others is what the dust on the mirror is. So when we look into the mirror, not only don't we see, not only do we not see ourselves clearly, but we don't see other people clearly at all. We only see a distorted reflection. There is only love everywhere, all the time, but we don't see it because of the mirror, the dust on the mirror of the heart. Devotion is to clean that mirror 
And then we find love everywhere, all the time. There's nowhere that real love, real presence, real being is not. It's everywhere, all the time. It's not in one person more than another, although some beings recognize it more deeply than we do. So, devotion is not only the path, it's also the goal. Who had more devotion than Christ to the Father? Everything he did was to serve the Father. These saints, these great beings have absolute devotion and absolute wisdom because they're not different. Like Ramana Maharshi says, if to love God is to know God and to know God is to love God. So there's devotion and wisdom. They're together. And it's a path. That light that goes on in the, in the dark room it goes off again, but it shows us what's in the room. Or it might show us where the door is to get out of the room and be free. Then we do our practice to get out the door. <clears throat> Without those little lamp lightings, we would not know the direction to go. And the more we have those kind of experiences, those intuitive understandings or intuitive visions, and not visions in the sense of like all kinds of stuff, but intuitive understanding. That's how we move ahead on the path. When difficult, negative, painful experiences come to us, they are arriving here in this moment. They didn't happen yesterday, or, and they didn't, and tomorrow hasn't come. They're here now. And whatever happened to cause the feelings we have in this moment, that's no longer happening. But the pain and the suffering is here in this moment. So now is where we can deal with it and when we can deal with it. Not tomorrow and certainly not yesterday, it's gone. So all the techniques, all the practices, the whole spiritual path is to heal ourselves and others. Some of us carry a heavier burden of suffering than others. Why is not the question. How can we deal with this? That's the question we need to ask. How can we deal with the anger and the shame and the fear that we have from being abused? How do we deal with those emotions 
in this moment. This is where we can free ourselves and change our inner life. <clears throat> Some practice has to be done. Maharaji used to tell us, from the repetition of the names of God, everything is accomplished. Everything is made full and complete. Karmas are ripened, and what we need comes to us, and what we don't need leaves us. That's my extrapolation, not his. So we must do some practice, no matter how we're feeling about what's happened to us in the past. We must plant some seeds of the things that we want to happen in the future and happen right now. And the repetition of the name is the one practice that my guru, Neem Kuroli Baba, told us again and again to do, along with serving others. Love everyone, serve everyone. Remember God. Remember God is the remembering repetition of the name. So one of the ways to get out of your head is to, is to do things for other people. Go distribute food or uh, serve at a soup kitchen. Something to get out of your, out of the prison of your own mind and emotions. So plant the seeds of what you want to grow. And if you have an opportunity, you can pull up some weeds at the same time. But if you don't plant the seeds, nothing's going to grow. So let's plant some seeds in the few minutes we have left tonight. <clears throat> Over and over again, Maharaji said to us that the Hanuman Chalisa can change fate. I had a little epiphany about what that, I've been repeating that on and on for a long time, but not really getting it. I'm like, how does it do that? I don't know. But I had a little epiphany about it. I read something or saw something somewhere. And what I think happens is that we have all this stuff stored in our subtle bodies. All the pain, all the betrayals, all the times we've been hurt, all the times we've been angry, all the times we've been, all our life experiences, uh, especially the painful ones, uh, cause suffering to us. They, we carry them with us. They're stored in our, in our, uh, you could say, emotional body. So the practice of the Hanuman Chalisa can remove those seeds of suffering from our subtle bodies. And in so doing, it changes the future. It changes what was going to happen based on what we were carrying around with us. <clears throat> So, I know I'm a little weird, but that does make sense to me. Maybe it doesn't make sense to you. But we're going to sing Hanuman Chalisa now anyway.
Charana Saraja Raja Najamano Mukuru Sudhari. So that line, like we were just talking, I take the, the pollen like dust from the lotus feet of the Guru to clean the mirror of my mind. And then I can begin to sing and praise God, praise Ram in this case. And that dust is love, real love, real consciousness. Guru Charana Saroja Raja Nijamano Mukuru Sudhar Varanara Gobara Vimalajasu Jodayaku Palachar So when the heart is the mirror of the heart is clean, we can chant and remember God. And that brings us everything we need in life. I know that I don't know anything. Sumeron Bhavana Kumar. So I remember you, Hanabdhuin, Son of the Wind, Hanuman. Bala Buddhi Vidya Dehu Mohi. Give me strength. Give me intelligence. Give me wisdom. Hadahu Kalesa Vika. And remove my suffering. And the obstructions that I have in my body. Haruhu Kalesa Bika Siyavara Ramachandra Padaje Sharana. Jayanuman Kyanda Nasaga. Jeka peace, Tihun Loka Puja Ramaduta Tulta Baladama Anjani Putra Bhavana Sutana Mahavir Bikram Bajarangi Kumatinivar Sumati Kesan Kanchanavaran 
Virajasubesa Kananakunda Lakunchitakesa Atta Bajro Rudvaja Viraj Kande Munja Janeusaj Shankara Suvana Kesari Nanda Teja Pratapa Mahajagaban Vidyavan Guni Ati Chatu Ramakaja Karibe Koatu Prabhu Charita Sunibe Korasiya Ramalakana Sita Manabasiya Sukshmarupadaris Yandekava Vikatarupadare Lanka Jarava Vimarupadare Asura Sanghari Ramachandra Kekaja Sambhari Laya Sanjeeva Lakana Jiyaye Shira Gubira Harashira Laya Ragupati Kinhi Bohota Barai Tumamama Priya Bharatai Samabai Sahasabadan Maroja Sagava Asakahi Shri Pati Kantalagava Sanakadika Brahmadi Munisa Aradha Sharadha Sahita Ahi Yamakuber diga pala jahante Kabi kobid kai sake kahante Tumopakara sugriva inkinha Rama melaya rajapadadin Tumaro mantra bibishanamana Lankeshwara bhai sabhajagajan Yuga sasra jojana paraman Iliyotai duraparajan Prabhu mudrika mele mukamahi Chaladilangigaya acharajanai Durgamakaja Shagatta ke jete Sugamanugatumare tete Ramaduare Tumarakovare Otana agya binupezare Sabasuklahe Tumhari sharana Tumarachaka kahu Apana teja samaro ape Tino loka hanka ten kampe Bhutta pesasha nakatan hi ave Mahavira jambanama sunar Naseroga hade sabapira Chapatanirantara hanumatabir 
Siddhi no nidhi ke datha Asovaradina chan ki matha Ramarasayan tumare pasa Sadaraho ragupati ke dasa Tumare pajana rama ko pave Janam janam ke dukkha bisarave Antakala guvara pura jai Jahan janma hare bhakta kahai Hora devata chitna darai Anumata sei sarsukha karai Sankata kate Mithe sabba pira Jho sumire hanumata balabir Jhe 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 hanuman gosai Prapakaro guru deva kinai Jho satabara patkara koi Chutahi bandhi mahasukhoi Goya pare hanuman chalisa Goya siddhi saki kaurisa Tulasi dasa sadahari chera Kijenata hurdaya mahandera Bhavanatanaya sankata harana Mangalamurti rupa siaram Ramalakana sita sahita Vrdaya basau sulabhuta Siyavara ramachandra padaje sharanam Mangalamurti marutanandam Sakala Mangala Mura Nekanda Mangala Murti Marutananda Sakala Mangala Mura Nekanda Iram Jera Yajara Iram Jera Jera Shri Ram Jai Ram Jai 
overcome by some big suffering, maybe depression, sadness, anger, when there's something that I can't move in myself, that I can't change, that I'm really, that's really hurting me. I do Hanuman Chalisa. And that's a practice I've been doing for many years. So I can't recommend things I don't do. So the number one thing that, I, that, that shifts my perspective, that, that opens up my heart, opens up my feelings, moves, heaviness out of me is chanting and especially chanting Hanuman Chalisa. So that's much I can share with you. You can give it a try. And and I do it because this is what my guru offered us as practice. This is a way he gave to us to live in the world. So, if we know anything about a path at all, it's only because of the great beings that have gone before us. Out of their love, out of their kindness, they left some footprints for us to follow. in the same way that they wish for us, in the same way that they wish for us, we wish that all beings everywhere, all of us be safe, be happy, that all of us, including ourselves, have enough, have good health and enough to eat. And may we all live in peace and at ease of heart at ease of heart with whatever arises in our lives. <clears throat> 